0: Hey, you found us. It's a Mother's Day edition of the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glicksman with my tag team partner, Matt Story. And uh, Matt, it is the doldrums of sports. If you're a baseball fan, you get to enjoy uh, the players with the pink bats and the pink batting gloves and and everything today for Mother's Day. And otherwise, not much going on. So let's talk college football.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, as I just said to you before you started recording, I guess we shouldn't lament you know not much going on in may when last may there really was like literally nothing going on we got we got the nba playoffs stanley cup playoffs coming up we got baseball it's good but you know for you and i who talk a lot of college sports this is this this is the slow cycle uh, so yes yeah, let's let's uh let's talk some college football playoff news
0: so the rumors are out there that that expansion is is imminent too strong a word at this point I feel um i like mean it, it's
1: i don't think it's too strong a word. i mean depends on your your definite like putting it in place i don't think is imminent i don't think it's gonna you know we're not gonna see a change this year or probably even next but perhaps an announcement of a time frame and maybe i mean the, the natural cycle would be two more years because then you get through the three-year cycle of the bowl games hosting and you started with the, what, 23 season, I guess, when, mm-hmm. when they would presumably cycle back to the Rose Bowl and the and the Sugar Bowl where they were this past year. Kind yes. of, they weren't really at the Rose Bowl, but, you know, uh, sort of kind of Rose Bowl um, in Dallas, but still. So, yeah, I mean, it feels like it's, it's very much on the radar. And think, I think, you know, part of the interesting aspect of this is, Why is it on the radar? Um, And the acknowledgement from you know now it hasn't happened yet, but the acknowledgement from the powers that be that you know the the playoff is not interesting enough to people. It's it's the same teams, and too many areas of the country are essentially tuned out by the time you get to November.
0: Yeah, if you don't live in the southeast or the Rust Belt. Right. You you seem to not care.
1: Right. Right. I mean the uh, you know the marginalizing as we've discussed of the Pac-12, um, and you know the Big 12's been left out a number of times. Uh, you know it, it seems like it's you know with only four, you know you're you're not going to be able to represent a lot. And uh, you know the the thing that's been fun about this news that's come out is you and I discussed this about four months ago when the playoff had finished. And we kind of arrived together at an idea of like twelve teams. It kind of there was some merit to it, and that seems to be gaining favor. Which you know, if that happens, I think you and I should definitely take credit for putting that idea in their minds.
0: I don't know if Mark Emmert listens to this podcast every time, but I feel <laughs> I like he does. caught that
1: episode. <laughs> I mean, somebody maybe did. I don't know. I, I, you know, I, I hadn't. I remember when we were talking. I think it was you know mid January after the season ended and, and I had never really considered 12 teams until we talked. And there's a lot of good things about it, I think, in that it, it would expand. First of all, it expands the, you know, the, obviously the number of teams that we'd get in. And, and so therefore you get, you know, more teams involved, more races, more things that matter, but it, it also is a way to still preserve the importance of being the best teams because you get that first round bye for the top four. Yes. which I, I think would be great. You know, it's the old NFL model, which is now 14. But, you know, the, the model that we had for decades in the NFL is 12. Top four teams get a bye. They get home field second round, five through eight, get a get a home game first round. So it it, it preserves the importance of being one through four or five through eight, not just, hey, everybody gets in and everybody has the same chance. Yeah.
0: I, I'm curious how they're going to work it. Obviously, there's a lot of mechanics that'll sure. go through. But doing it as a top... If you say, you know, you go NBA model, let's say, and you say, look, the, the Power 5 teams all get in. One, yeah. champion Power 5
1: teams get in. And I think that will be a cinch, yeah. Of, and, of the variables, I think that's the most likely one to happen.
0: And then for seeding purposes, though... That doesn't have to be it. So if the three best teams are Georgia, Alabama, and LSU, they can be one through three.
1: I agree. I'm I'm all for the committee doing the seating. I think you know uh, that gives you a little bit of what we have in the basketball tournament, which is some automatic bids and then some at larges, and then the seating is is based on a committee of people that determine that seating. I like that because I don't I don't want a mathematical formula because as we've found for you know what 16 years in the VCS. There's just too much, there's too much inequity in college football to really put it in a computer and say, this team is better than this team. Schedules aren't the same. Strength of conferences aren't the same. And and you can't reconcile that. So, you know, let's, let's have 10, 12, 14, whatever number of people that decide that type of stuff.
0: Well, and if you do it that way, you can have a reasonable, like, outcome. Where you say like sure, you know USC or Oregon, you get in, sure. but you're a two loss team, and Georgia's only loss is Alabama in the right. conference title game. In the so.
1: SEC championship or something, yeah, exactly. Or you get you know Alabama and Auburn are both eleven and zero, and and the loser doesn't go to the SEC title game, but you know hey they're they're great, or you know something like that. I mean, there's a way to to think about that. And not just say, you know, well, sorry, you lost the SEC. Or, you know, you're out. Um, because as we've seen, you know, Alabama, what they won two national titles when they didn't win the SEC. Well,
0: uh, I, so I mean, it, it's I also relevant. think back about uh, when we went to Doctor Dog's or uh, Dave's Doghouse, rather, back in the yeah. day, where we saw number one Michigan, right. Ohio State, number two game, and it's like, yeah, we can still have those and have them be meaningful. But they both could wind up with a bye, exactly.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, you know, I know there's, there's the argument against this is, you know, well, you're gonna, you're gonna water down the regular season a bit, and, and that's fair, but I think you've already kind of done that. I mean, if you look at Clemson Notre Dame last year, that was a big game, but the, the feeling was even going in that, well, there's a good chance both teams will make the playoff. And that's exactly what happened. So, you know, but then you get, you get the little bit further down the ladder games, the, you know, Florida and LSU. How big would that have game? I mean, LSU wasn't good, but think of that game last year. Like if there's a 12 team playoff, Florida's sitting pretty to make it and sitting pretty to maybe get a top four or at least a five through eight home game, something like that. Well, that loss to LSU is huge. Whereas really, like that loss didn't hurt them that much. I mean, if they beaten Alabama, they still would have gone. If they lost Alabama, which they did, they weren't going. So it's it's those second tier and it's those Pac twelve, Big twelve, the conferences that have kind of been left out. Big Ten a couple times has had their champion left out. That you know you you mitigate that, and and then I think you you got to if you're going especially if you're going to go twelve, you got to give a bid to the to the group of five. You know, you gotta make sure that's locked in. At least. At least one. You were the one who suggested two, which I like. I don't know if it'll pass muster, but but at least one to make sure that everybody is somewhat represented.
0: Well my idea with two is you still get five at larges.
1: I agree. Trust me. I like it. I like it because I feel like, you know, if you do one, you're just basically gonna end up giving the American an automatic bid and the other four conferences are still gonna be fighting for scraps. You know, because I think that, it, or maybe the Mountain West, but, you know, the Sun Belt's going to have no shot. The, the the MAC, Conference USA, they're going to have no shot. Um, in most years, I yeah. guess. There's an exception. I mean, Western Michigan did make it that one year to the New Year Six, but, you know, for the most part, you're not going undefeated in those conferences because you are, you are non-conference spotter for the Big Ten or the SEC or the ACC. So if you're Coastal Carolina you know, they went undefeated last year in a regular schedule. They probably don't because they've got, you know, a a, a pretty good team on their schedule. (laughs) Right. You know, I mean, whether it's a Clemson or a LSU or, you know, somebody like that, or if you're a good Mac team, you're probably, you're probably playing Michigan or Ohio state or Michigan state or Penn state or somebody like that, that, you know, maybe you can upset them, but not overly likely. So It's it's just I I don't know. I mean, there's as you said, there's a lot of logistics that that, you know, are uncertain. But I really I do like the idea of 12 and I and I love that it seems, you know, from listening to people that we are trending very strongly in the direction of home games for the first two rounds because the neutral site stuff just I mean, that's you know, it doesn't it doesn't work as well. Plus, it's a great way. I mean, Andy Staples. I'm going to give him credit. He was on on TV, and he said this: "There's a big concern in college football about you know getting people to buy tickets, season tickets. That's why teams are scheduling better non-conference things like that. Well, if you include, you know, you try to get somebody to buy Alabama season tickets, and you say you get first dibs on a home playoff game, that that's a, a good sell. Works in the NFL." you know, your season ticket holder you get first ups if we host a playoff game. Same thing in college, why not?
0: Yeah, and that's the the interesting thing about it and I I didn't see Andy Staples say that, but he's absolutely right. For those fan bases, yeah, it gets you in and it generates money, you know. We have all this we have all these issues with money and you know, it's getting more and more expensive now to have right you know, to have a competitive program while being able to sell tickets to one more game.
1: Sure, sure, yeah. Now, the interesting thing, and I, I don't know what, I mean, I thought of this, and I've heard it discussed. Does this, if you do this, can you have a corresponding reduction in the regular season of one game? You go back to 11 games.
0: Maybe, but on the flip side, most teams don't make the playoffs. However, on the They final, don't on on that first hand most teams do get to go to a bowl game now which they didn't do before. Now
1: here's my here's my way I think you sort of maybe mitigate that. What if you do 11 regular season games and every conference, you know, you you make this that championship week thing that the was attempted we, at least. Yeah, that we did. Yeah, yeah, you know, and you just okay, so the the division winners play in the championship game, that's their 12th game and then everybody else It's a 12th game too. And maybe you even do it on a rotating basis where, you know, okay, if you, you know, let's look at the Pac-12. So in, you know, one year, all the North teams host an extra game against the South team. And then the next year it's a South team against the North team. So you get that game revenue that, you know, the home game essentially that you would be losing by going to 11. You still end up with everybody playing 12. You just don't schedule it ahead of time and then end up with 13 plus, you know, three or four playoff games.
0: Uh, that that makes too much sense for them to adopt it.
1: <laughs> it probably does. It probably does. I mean, I, to me, that, you know, it works mathematically. If you, if you just made every conference schedule eight games, you do the eight, eight plus three. Every team plays three non-conference. Every team plays eight regular season. And then you get that ninth game via a, you know, championship week. Now that, you know, I guess there's some element of like, okay, does the SEC want to do that? Because then it takes attention away from their championship game if they've got six other games being played. And maybe it does a little. Well, but they're primarily,
0: they're still selling the championship game. I I view it as it gives you more games to sell.
1: I would say so too. I agree. Because that is
0: the real money generator anyway.
1: TV, exactly. You know, and, and and I'm thinking like, okay, if there's, let's say Alabama's playing Florida in the SEC title game, well, if you're a Tennessee fan, are you going to that? Probably not. But if you've got a home game against Ole Miss, okay, you know, you're you know one more game to watch your team play, whatever it may be. So, are you really watering it down much? You know, I mean, you're going to get fans of those two teams that go to that game, not just you know random SEC fan that decides to go.
0: Well, and the occasional Matt Story appearance.
1: Exactly. Well, one time at least. And that was <laughs> a blast. Uh, which, you know, why did I go? I wanted to see Alabama. Uh, you know, and I got to see Georgia too, which was a bonus. So, you know, hey, I mean, again, you go to see those teams. I mean, I'm sure there's some people in Atlanta who go to that game just because it's the SEC title. game. You know, I'm not dismissing that entirely. But, I don't know. I mean, to me, that was a, that was a good idea this year and one that I feel like Let's let's make it work. Let's let's just do it. That becomes your 12th game.
0: Well, and you just drop one of your cross. Yeah. You know, cross, cross division. division.
1: Yep. And then you just make it where, you know, you you say, OK, we're going to we're going to make sure you're not playing a team you already played. So if ASU plays and Washington during the regular season and neither of them make the conference title game, you wouldn't set that matchup up. I, I don't think logistically that would be too hard.
0: Well, and because for you, a team like, or for a conference like the SEC, where you miss, you know, six, you miss
1: multiple teams, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. You, yeah.
0: You know, it's a you chance know, you, to get that game. You know? Exactly.
1: Yeah. You could have a. I mean, what, God, what was the? You could the have No. I think
0: A&M was, Florida.
1: That was it. I was going to say, wasn't it? A and M Florida. That that was the second time they've played as conference opponents. They've been in the same conference for ten years or something like that. Yeah. This past year, so yeah, you know, you could get more. Matchups that you haven't had at the sites. Now, granted, the games wouldn't mean much, you know, if you're out in the SEC championship game. But still, it's a well. But if it still know,
0: is it's, a factor for playoffs, then at least at the top level, it does matter. And that's true.
1: You're right. It could
0: be. A factor and and for when play. does yeah, you're right. you know, when does a Washington State uh Colorado matchup in a down year matter for any of them? Anyway, <laughs> that's a good
1: point. That is a very good point. You're right. I mean. Yeah, because if you've got – I mean, if you're the SEC and you've got, uh, you know, Florida and LSU, well, that's a bad example because they play every year. Yeah, let's say Florida and Auburn. And they're both, you know, on the edge of contention. They, neither one wins their division. Boy, isn't that appealing to put them head-to-head? And the winner is probably sitting pretty to make that playoff.
0: Yeah, when it gives you an opportunity, right, for full eligibility still. Like, there's enough stuff, like, at the very bottom yeah. –
1: I think so. At the, yeah, I mean,
0: at the very bottom, no, it doesn't matter.
1: No, but that's the case with every week twelve, like you said. I mean, if if you know, now well, of course week twelve is usually right, but let's let's say the second to last week. If you've got, you know, I'm going to use your example. You've got Washington State and Colorado playing, and Washington State is you know four and six, and Colorado's three and seven. Does it move the needle much? No, but they still play that game. They still put it on TV, kind of. You know what I mean? I get, you know, it, it still is there.
0: I just think that it makes too much sense to keep from doing that because it does still – it gives you everything you want. Yeah. it doesn't create the risk of a team playing an NFL-length schedule. Right.
1: I mean, the most a team would play under that would be 16 games. And that's if you go from the first round of five – you know, five to 12 – and you make it all the way to the final. And and again, I, I mean, the other factor I thought is like, okay, yeah, if you go to 12, you're you are going to probably have certainly two and probably three lost teams that would make it. But again, you make them... A team I, I remember comes to mind is like USC when Sam Darnold took over as the starter, whatever year that was. And they lost two games early, and then it got really hot. And they played really well. They won the Rose Bowl. But in, in that situation... They're probably a you know a nine to twelve, and you got to win two road games. But you got a shot at least. It's not an easy shot, but you know if they could go to you know Penn State and Alabama and win both games, hey, they've earned their way into the final four.
0: Absolutely,
1: or something like that. You know, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, so it allows for a team to have a little bit of a bump. I mean, it. Uh, you know, we we do it all the time in the NFL, and nobody complains. Nobody, you know, nobody's unhappy when the, when, you know, like, well, I mean, unhappy is the wrong word, but nobody says it's a travesty if the, you know, Giants or Packers or Steelers, who all have done it in the last 15 years, you know, get in as a wild card and they go all the way and win the Super Bowl. Nobody's like, oh, they're illegitimate champions. No. I mean, we saw it last year, the Buccaneers. They just did it.
0: Yeah, it's, it certainly hasn't harmed football at the pro level. No. It hasn't no. harmed baseball. It, exactly. You know, it, it just, it, you know, I, I guess if you're Alabama or Clemson, you don't want this because, you know,
1: it's more your road you have becomes to play, a little tougher. But, yeah, yeah.
0: But literally everyone else should want yeah. this. Yeah.
1: Well, and even for those, I mean, look, this an expanded playoff, as you said, it comes down to more money, and it would. You know, I mean, TV would would presumably pay more for 11 playoff games than three and, and more than they pay for the regular season deal. So, you know, if ESPN is willing to go higher and higher and, it, you know, I think they would be because they're being very aggressive when it comes to TV rights, uh, you know, like everybody shares in that. So even if you're Alabama, okay, yeah, I mean, Nick Saban may not care about that directly. But yet he probably does because the more money Alabama makes, the fancier their facilities could be, the, the the better impression they can make on recruits. And you know, the, you know, like the one thing about this, do I think this is going to this would result in you know a, an upset of the power structure? No, the best players are still going to go to the best teams, and that's that. But you know, you give other teams a shot, and then maybe over time, a little bit of change happens. Because maybe if you're a California kid, you do think, well, hey, if I go to USC, I can make the playoff. I don't have to go to the SEC to get into the playoff. I can, you know, I can stay home and I can lead USC to the promised land.
0: Well, it does give you the opportunity for one of these schools to get exposure. You know, let's sure. say, let's say Scott Frost never left for Nebraska, right? And they make the playoff back to back years. Well, all of a sudden, he's recruiting a lot easier. Yeah, true. And, true. You, begin, you know, you get the opportunity for a Gonzaga-like build for a program.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, think about uh, Boise State. If there had been a, you know, a 12-team playoff when they were really in their heyday, you know, they, they could have made a run. I mean, you know, those Kellen Moore teams or whatever, could they have made a run and got to a championship game or something? Uh, you know, who knows? They never got the chance. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I, I like the idea. I'm. You know, I've gone back and forth on the whole, you know, is four enough or is it not enough? Um, I don't hate four, but I do understand that you got to look around and realize that what four has done is basically say to roughly a hundred of the 130 schools going into the year, probably more than that, that you don't really have much of a shot and you know, you're, you're, you're swimming completely uphill, uh, to try to get in and win a national championship and 12 wouldn't make it that all 130 have a shot. I mean, that's, that's not the case, but it would give hope to it. You know, I mean, look, we need to look no further than Arizona state, the team we care about the most. Like if you go to 12, all of a sudden, you're first of all, you're thinking, okay, all we got to do is win the pack 12 and we get in. We're guaranteed that spot. We don't need to worry about, you know, impressions and committees and all that. And maybe even if we're second place, maybe that's good enough to get in. We got a shot, you know, so it opens the door for fan bases that right now might be thinking, eh, I'm not invested because my team has no shot to win the big prize. To all of a sudden thinking, well, maybe we do. We get at least a chance to play for it.
0: Yeah. And there are schools and fans who are not like us uh, where the Rose Bowl is is not enough. Um, it's not.
1: It's not. No. You know. I mean. And that's unique to the Pac-12 and probably some of the Big Ten. But I mean, if you're a, if you're a second tier ACC school, what is what is your goal? I mean, it does, yeah. I mean, it does even making the Orange Bowl really get you excited. Look at North Carolina last year. It's a good example. Good program. They've had some success. Never great in football, but but they've been good at times. They made the Orange Bowl. Like did that really resonate I, I mean I don't know I don't know North Carolina fans to ask but I I would bet not really I mean I bet it was kind of, oh that's good I don't think they were you know totally disinterested but I don't think they were you know it's it's not going to be a season that's remembered as like some magical year in North Carolina football
0: Hmm. yeah I think it's one of those things where they'll remember it the same way we remember losing the Pac-12 title game
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It was a good year. And, and they've got expectations for this year. And so, you know, like if you're a fan, you're probably thinking, okay, maybe that's a a building block and you, you know, now we can go further, but, but can they, I I mean, that's, that's a a good example of a program that feels like, is there a ceiling when there's four teams? I mean, like even if North Carolina, let's say they go 12 and one and they, they win the ACC. I'm not sure they get in a four team playoff. Uh, They might, depending on how good Clemson is and, okay, if they upset a 12-0 and Clemson or something, maybe, but they might get left out because, like, well, okay, there's, there, you know, Georgia and Alabama are great, and Oklahoma's great, and Ohio State's great, sorry, you get to go back to the Orange Bowl or whatever other New Year's Six game it would be this year.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I think it's a... The expansion is all positive it, for everybody except for maybe the the most elite of the elite. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. And they're going to get again, a, bit, I, a bigger cut of revenue too. So,
1: Right. They do. And, and you know, if you're, if you're Alabama, Oklahoma, Ohio state, Clemson, the, the, the four that have, you know, I think between them, they've got 20 of the 28, you know, CFP bids over the seven years so far, you know, you're still going to be able to recruit the best players. And, and so, okay. Yeah. It makes you have to win one or two more games, I guess, to get to a championship, but, You know, I don't know that it's going to result in different teams winning the title, not right away at least. Maybe down the road we see, like you said, a Gonzaga type, or a UCF, or even a you know a a major conference team that isn't you know considered a a power, an ASU and North Carolina teams we've discussed that become that. But it's not going to be an immediate change. I mean, they still have the best players; they're still likely to win the games. But at least we're seeing the games. We're seeing them have to get their way there rather than just being like, well, those are the four best. Let's put them in again.
0: Mm -hmm. And it gets, you know, now look, everyone said that about the Warriors and then things changed quickly, but college is also a different animal.
1: It is. It is. And I mean, you know, when you look at, when you look at what Alabama's done and what Clemson's done over the last, you know, not as long a time, but, um, you know, Ohio State's won what five five straight conference titles. Oklahoma's won six. I think. I mean, it, like they have been dominated by those four schools for the most part, with an occasional LSU or Georgia or whatever. Notre Dame. Um, but it, you know, the the hierarchy is always a, a select few. Like that's that's college football. I mean it. You never go into a college football season feeling like, well, there's there's thirty teams that could win the national championship. It's you know, and you're not going to have that even with a 12 team playoff, but you would have 30 teams that could make the playoff. You, you know, you would be able to pay, take the entire top 25 and say, well, you know, boy, if things break right, they could make it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It it give, it creates hope.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it, and you know, I mean, the other obviously notion of this is you know people are realizing fans players coaches etc that the bowl games just don't matter anymore uh to the to the big conferences at least they still probably do to a sunbelt team or a mac team or you know that's still a unique
0: thing the the simple fact is if it's not your team it's background noise right it's something to put on while you're you know cleaning up around the house or yeah. making dinner it's not right. you know right. it's hard to find people who are riveted by the belk bowl
1: anymore I know? mean and I'm I, you know I, you're right I mean I'm a perfect example I have them on because yeah it's college football but am I planning my day around those games no yeah I mean now if ASU's in a, in the Sun Bowl I have but again yeah that's but even ASU's last bowl game we didn't have two of our best players they were healthy, just didn't play, which I don't blame them, you know. Mm-hmm. But but like the the opt outs and the you know I mean you saw God Florida had how many guys opt out last year and they made a major bowl, they made the Cotton Bowl. And what well, they weren't they weren't going to the Outback Bowl or something like that. Like they they were in one of the second class of bowls, the four that weren't the playoff, and they still had a bunch of guys say no thanks. North Carolina had it too and mentioned them, I mean, that's, that was a big deal for them, or at least it should be in the old days. It would have been, Hey, we're going to the orange bowl. It's not anymore. Mm -hmm. So I think there's an acknowledgement there of like, we can't just continue to give the same product and hope that that interest is going to turn the corner and that people will go back to thinking, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to plan my day around the orange bowl, even though it doesn't matter. Like the, the genie is out of the bottle on that. The horses have left the barn. Whatever cliche you want to use, it's not going back. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the interesting thing will be what becomes of those middle tier bowl games if they go to this format. Like the lower tier, I think those will still exist in the same form. The you know the Gasparilla Bowl that has a Conference USA team and an American team, like probably can still exist. <laughs> but it's the alamo bowl or something like that i like do do those some of those go away probably so
0: i think certainly yes um and they you know and, and maybe it, it matters for the cities as a showcase but i think of the arizona bowl you know, the, yeah. like, the return bowl game after losing the Copper slash Insight Bowl, right, right. And, you know, you're who's traveling. You know, the stadium's empty. No one's I traveling know. for this. It's I know.
1: Just, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's some of those that I think can still exist, but but I I think you know, yeah. Like, uh, the Bulls aren't going to disappear because, like you said, people turn them on as background noise, and they. They do better than anything else. ESPN, okay. and ESPN really matters here,
0: they could put on TV. Program.
1: Yeah. In, in the middle of the day, in late December, you know, I mean, they, they if you're getting, uh, you know, a few, mil- a few mil- million, God, I'm stumbling over my words, eyeballs, you know, it's still better than repeats of Sports Center. So they're not going to disappear, but I think some of them will. And that's, you know, it's unfortunate for some of those, but I think it's, probably what should have been going on for a long time I and mean, it just got so bloated. And that's another reason why the bulls have lost their meaning is when there's 40 of them, you know, it doesn't feel like it means anything.
0: Well, and what I wish obviously this won't happen, but what I wish is there was some sort of committee of writers and coaches and and you know, NCAA or conference yeah. executives who could Objectively look at the bowls and say, "Okay, let's reset. What do we need? What yeah, do we want?
1: Yeah, yeah. We should
0: keep the the Big Six. We should keep sure. the Sun Bowl, I think, because of its yeah, historical legacy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do we need the Pinstripe Bowl? Do we need? Yeah, you know, do I think we want the Liberty Bowl? Do we want any of the other bowls that are? And I hate to say game? it
1: because I've enjoyed this game, but do we need? the, you know, God, what's That's it even feasible? called now? The guaranteed rate bowl, I think is what it was last year. Although it didn't, it wasn't played, but mm-hmm. yeah, the one here, you know, what used to be the copper bowl, like mean, this city already has the fiesta bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got the Cardinals, they've got ASU. I mean, is there a clamoring market? I, I'm, this is a rhetorical because I know the answer for another postseason football game in, in Phoenix. The answer's no, mm-hmm. just not, <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, now, you know, it's a good place to come to for, you know, let's say you're – I think it, the last game Air Force was here. Like They traveled well because, like, okay, yeah, yeah come to Phoenix over December, sure. But, you know, like, do you need that? But Orlando's got, what, three bowl games? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, we don't need that. So I'm with you now. You're right. That won't happen. What will happen is the market will dictate it. Mm-hmm. And, unfortunately, uh, you know, I don't know about the Sun Bowl. I think I think the Sun Bowl's got a pretty – good base with which to exist, but but games like that, the Liberty Bowl or something like that, that actually has some history, those games, you know, if they don't have a sponsor behind them, and they don't have a city behind them, they may go away, and that stinks. Um... Yeah.
0: I, I but, wish that there was a consideration for the double-ups. Uh, Phoenix, yes. Orlando, San Diego. That should be the first thing. San yes. Diego doesn't need two bowl games.
1: No, they don't. I mean, that that should be the first thing. Is like, if you've already got a bowl game, we don't need to give you another one. Um, you know, or if you have another one, we're not going to keep it. Like, you know, those... And again, I have enjoyed... Copper bowl going back to when I was a kid and when it was in Tucson, obviously that was different, but even up here, I've gone to several of those games and they've been fun. And I've seen some teams and players that I wouldn't have otherwise got a chance to see. But again, that's just me. I don't think there's a lot of people there like me. I'm a, I'm a college football junkie. You know, I, I happily went and saw, you know, air force in Washington state a couple years ago, Mm -hmm. but I don't think that many people in Phoenix, we're banging down the door for that.
0: You and could get tickets, Dan.
1: Yeah. for <laughs> not much money, you know mm-hmm. I mean? Like, you know, so I don't know. Like, yeah, I think that would be the first way to go. And then you're right. Trim some of these to me, you know, like, okay. The pinstripe bowl has been kind of fun and, you know, to see a game at Yankee stadium, but I don't know. Does it matter? Uh, it doesn't. And I mean, that's, that's the main thing is none of these games matter and 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 again people have figured it out it used to feel like they mattered well it used and it, to feel like part the bowl of me that's game. like
0: if you just rank let's have everyone rank their top 20 bowl games yeah if you don't appear on anyone's ballot <laughs> you don't get to stay you as shouldn't a bowl keep
1: game. going I know I agree yeah yeah I mean now again this is all said from the standpoint of the power five right. i I realize that it's different if you're a if you're a Kent state fan, and I, I used them because we played them a couple years ago. And then they ended up going to a bowl. I cannot remember which one, but they went to a bowl and, and it was a big deal for them. They won. And I remember, you know, you watch that game. It's like, man, this, this obviously clearly matters because they don't go to those and they don't get a lot of national TV exposure and things like that. But from the, from the power five perspective, I mean, even again, taking away the joke that is the Pac-12 network, you know, every one of your games is on TV. So by the time you get to a bowl, you know it's not that big a deal. That used to be the thing, like oh man, we're going to be on ESPN. Well, now you know every game's on ESPN or Fox Sports or SEC Net or Big Ten Net or whatever. You know, bowl isn't needed for exposure anymore.
0: Yeah, it's absolutely true. So I, I think that's a big.
1: Man, it's just it's the nature of the beast. But I really think that's a big thing too. When you know when we were kids you know, we couldn't see, I mean, when Peyton Manning was in college, there were a handful of games that were on ESPN or, or, CBS. you know, ABC or whatever, yeah. but there were a lot of games on Jefferson pilot. We didn't get that. So when, when Tennessee was in the citrus bowl, playing Northwestern, I did was like, Oh yeah, I'm going to watch that. I get a chance to watch Peyton Manning. This guy's pretty good. Uh, but now when, you know, Trevor Lawrence was in college, I could see every Trevor Lawrence game. Now he's a bad example because he was in the playoff, but, you know, if, if Clemson had gone nine and three, and was in the Gator Bowl, it wouldn't have felt like a big deal at all. Yeah,
0: and uh, you know, you look around and with the draft, it, Trey Lance, probably the only guy who you didn't see take a snap in college.
1: Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's because of FCS and only one year of FCS.
0: Right. It's like, um, so if you, you want to see a guy now,
1: yeah, there's no, it's there. You know. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you know Sam Ellinger was a sixth round pick, every one of his games was on TV. If, you know, if you're willing to if you're willing to spend a little bit of money to get you know Longhorn Network or whatever, you could have watched every single one of his games. Yeah, and and you know, so I mean, yeah, it's just it's. I just again, the Bulls are not, you know, like people. You know, I've heard the you know, well, we should just go back to the Bulls and it's too late for that. Even if you went back, let's say you did that. Never going to happen. But let's say you said, okay, no more playoff, no more BCS. We're just going to go back to the old bowl alignments, conference alignments, and we'll vote on a champion like we used to do in the eighties. You'd still have what, two, three games max that really felt like they mattered. Mm -hmm. And the other games would still feel like, who cares?
0: Exactly. Yeah. I'm not sure if this talk made me happy or sad. I was happy at the beginning. <laughs> I mean, I am not is I'm good. not
1: unhappy. It's just it's it's just a changing time. I mean, you got to you got to be willing as a sports fan to see the changes that have happened and and accept them. And, you know, like uh, that's what happens when you get old and I think it's I think it's a sign that we're not quite there yet that you start to resist every change and you just start to do the uh, things were better back in my day sort of thing. Like, okay, it's different. I mean, you know, do I remember new year's mornings when I was, you know, 10 years old and watching all the bowl games and that felt like a huge day. Sure. But you know, times change things, things evolve.
0: And not always for the better.
1: No, not always, not (laughs) always at all. And and I don't know if this is for the better or for the it just it just is Mm -hmm. it just I mean like and it was coming like you look back at the history of college football this day was coming that you know you you know you go back to maybe the mid eighties with Miami and Penn State was the first like manufactured championship game two independents they were one and two they played in a what at that point was kind of a you know a new bowl game that wasn't a huge deal. And it was a massive success, and and once you have that, people want more of it, and we and we start thinking, hey, why are we, why are we having you know, uh, you know Nebraska play in this game and Michigan play in this game when we could just see the two of them play each other, and that of course brings out the BCS, which then leads to the, you know, so it's, yeah. it yeah, it just it's how we hit you know we got here and and it was going to happen eventually anyway basically like it's just the natural evolution
0: and it became what well, we can pay them to play each other right so.
1: right you know so so the whole idea of like oh it was i mean it was so much better back when the big eight champion played in the orange bowl against the acc or whatever it was like i mean okay maybe it was maybe it wasn't but that day's not coming back it's just it's not coming back you could go back to a a bowl only system, and again, you'd you'd have the top three teams, and even if they were all playing three separate games, those would be the only games that mattered, and you wouldn't care about like you used to the you know the Blockbuster Bowl or whatever it was called, you know, like oh that's a big deal. Well, it's too late for that, man. Mm-hmm. And the day's over. Yeah, it's like saying you want to go back in baseball to a day where. You know, or, or yeah, I'll use baseball, but basketball is maybe a better one. You know, uh, I wish we could go back to when, you know, the three point shot wasn't as valued. <sighs> OK, but we're not going to.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, like, things have changed.
0: Yeah, it's it's worth 50 percent more and you don't yeah. make it 50 percent less frequently. So. And once
1: people figure it out, it's like, OK, that, then you evolve the game. And, you know, I mean, that's uh, that's one of my one of the re- I still watch it because i'm a loyalist but you know pti has become so much of a show of like you know everything new stinks it's like you know then get out of the game basically and that's the way sports are and things change and you know the baseball that you loved in 1995 is not the way baseball's played now and if you don't like it tough luck stop watching
0: yeah yeah i uh I think that this uh, overall, the expanded playoff, and if the domino effect is diminished other bowl games, if that's a trade off, I think everyone would take it.
1: I think so too, because they're already there. You know, like, you, I mean, some will go away, and that, that again, I mean, I, I realize that means people are out of jobs and cities will lose games that maybe have some history, and that stinks. But. You know, we're already kind of there. You know, I mean, like you mentioned the Liberty Bowl. Can you? I mean, I, and I like watching the Liberty Bowl too. It's a unique stadium. Can you name me a Liberty Bowl from the last ten years?
0: No, not a one.
1: Me neither. Me it's neither. Not
0: a pack twelve times
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, could okay. We know that the last Sun Bowl played was ASU. Do you remember who was in the Sun Bowl before that? Twenty eighteen uh... season. I do not. I don't. not right not right off the top of my head, at least
0: I don't not without having to give it more thought than that. I mean yeah. your point's well taken. I just don't, you know.
1: And I love the Sun Bowl. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm not ripping the Sun Bowl. It's a cool, you know. It's you know, New Year's Eve and all that. But it just it just goes to show you like how these games just don't have much relevance beyond that day. That day, you look at the channel guide, you see oh, uh, the Liberty Bowl. It's uh, you know Boston College against Kentucky. Yeah, sure, I'll turn that on. And by three days later, you've totally forgotten it happened.
0: Yeah. Well, I,
1: mean, I remember we... when ASU got got waxed by, who was it, Texas Tech, mm-hmm. after the Pac-12 title game. Mm-hmm. And Texas Tech beat us up. And it was like, you know, people were all worked up about, like, you know, oh, it's an embarrassing win. And I remember even saying to you, like, you will forget it happened by a month later. And it's only because it's ASU that I remember it. Mm-hmm. You know, because, you know, we paid close attention to ASU. But these games just don't matter. And that was, what, eight years ago. Yes. They've, they've become even less relevant since then.
0: Yeah. Um, I guess briefly touching on the other big news, the Kentucky Derby winning horse has tested positive for performance enhancing substances.
1: Yep, yep. Uh,
0: Bob Baffert says he has no idea what's going on, though I saw a story that he'd had five horses test positive. Yeah, yeah. So, I didn't
1: really realize that. I don't know about you. I mean, I like I don't follow horse racing very closely, so I didn't know that that all was going on with him.
0: But uh, you know, interesting, somewhat disappointing if you're a big time, big time horse racing. Sure, player,
1: but and you know, obviously we've had a couple triple crowns in the last few years, so that helps. But you know, I always watch the three triple crown races and hope to see a triple crown winner. But I, I don't know. I have. I read a little bit about this. I guess this is not like a hundred percent official,
0: no, but I would in presume it's process now.
1: Yeah. So I would presume that horse is not running the Preakness. Cause that's next mm-hmm. Saturday, unless mm-hmm. that appeal is heard very quickly, which usually things are not, maybe I'm, maybe I'm too used to NCAA appeals that take like three years, <laughs> but uh, you know, I would, I would think that horse is, is not in the Preakness. And so, you know, I kind of, if you're NBC, you can't be too thrilled. It takes the ear out of that balloon.
0: Yeah. Seriously. But it does give you something to
1: talk about. It does. It does. Yeah. They can they can fill their three hour pre-show with with talk of that, I suppose. But uh, yeah, the first thing that came through my mind when I read that was, you know, I heard that the Monday after I was listening to a little Dan Patrick and he was talking about, you know, I guess they did. I didn't see it. They did some interview with Baffert and Belichick. Uh, you know, before the Derby, and talking about how they're kindred spirits, and I thought maybe they're kindred spirits in more ways than one.
0: Uh, <laughs> that's a great point.
1: Just thinking, you know. Just, just look—you're
0: just a guy just who saying. sees two dots and is drawing a line, right? That's, right. Yeah. Maybe
1: you know. Maybe they're uh, win at all costs. Uh, you know, they got that in common. I don't know. Just, just saying yeah. that you know, Belichick's had a few. Uh, well-known, potentially cheating scandals, and now Baffert apparently has them. And I'm like, yeah, maybe that's why they get along so well.
0: I think calling Belichick's potentially is, uh, is right. very generous.
1: Well, I'm being, I'm, yeah, I'm dancing around the, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, people have different interpretations of all that Belichick stuff, the deflated footballs and the and the cameras and all that stuff, but there's, there's enough smoke there that we've got to at least you know acknowledge it let's say that
0: absolutely um, so we'll, yeah we'll be back for uh probably another weekend conversation next weekend yeah. but uh you know hope you all enjoy your mother's day until next time he's mad i'm ben it's the ben and matt sportscast